So an actor is saying his lines and then out of nowhere he just starts singing? Yes. Well, that is the stupidest thing that I have ever heard. You're doing a play, got something to say, so you sing it? It's absurd. Who on earth is going to sit there while an actor breaks into song? What possible thought could the audience think other than this is horribly wrong? I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Where did you find that? Something Rotten is a musical about the first people who made a musical. So the plays, Shakespeare's going on, and these two brothers come up with the idea of singing. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) We have not done one of these before. I'm joined by Ali Barnes. Hi, Duncan Robinson. We are discussing musicals. I hate them. And we have to work together and as a massive musical buff and admirer, not an expert, it breaks my heart how much you hate them. Oh. Musical, a musical, and nothing's as amazing as a musical with song and dance and sweet romance and happy endings happening by happenstance. Bright lights, stage fights, and a dazzling chorus. You want to be great, then you got to create a musical. That guy got punched in the face <laughs> a lot, didn't he? <laughs> that basically sums up. We don't need to do this podcast. Everyone seems to love musicals. I've been to see three in my lifetime. What were they? Uh, Pirates of Penzance featuring John English. I saw a school presentation of West Side Story and Cats. Oh. <laughs> three quarters of it okay. before I frustratedly walked out. And if we're including movies, then I have seen... The uh, the one with the, the guy who makes pies and Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Okay. And that there was so terrible. At one stage, I stood up and I said, don't eat the pie. You don't have to sing about it and stormed out. Okay? Okay. I do not like musicals. I think they're terrible. How many musicals have you seen? I've seen a lot. I'm not an expert. I haven't seen every show. My top three are Hamilton, Wicked, and Les Mis. Okay. And there's definitely shows that I haven't enjoyed. Okay, I'll be honest. I'm not saying that every musical is amazing, but my mission is to see if you can at least like and appreciate at least one musical. And I'm open to that. I'm 37 now. I'm starting to become a little bit more gracious, a little bit more patient. I know that my wife would be excited to know that I'd be willing to see a musical I'm willing to go through steps, but I need to tell you, I am so far in the hate musical category, you have a long way to go. I know. So here's here's what I'll do, is I'll lay out for you, Ali, um, five things for why I think musicals are terrible. Okay. The worst. Okay. So reason number one is that I think that there is not a single strong male character who sings. And here's my example, okay? West Side Story, one of the worst musicals I've ever seen. This is the gang scene 
So this is meant to be a gritty, what, New York, no, what is it, New York-style gang, okay? Listen, listen to this. How come he takes a lousy stinking job? <laughs> Youth boy corrupted him. Yeah, temporary sickness. Wait and see. Man, remember them fists the day we covered the emeralds? Well, he saved my ever-loving neck. Sure, he'll do it again, too. He always came through for us, and he always will. When you're a jet, you're a jet All the way from your first cigarette To your last dying day When you're a jet, let them do what they can You've got brothers around You're a family man You're never alone You're never disconnected You're home with your own When company's expected You're well protected Then you are set with a capital J Which you'll never forget Till they cart you away When you're a jet you stay up Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. That there is a hardcore New York gang. If those got if the Jets ever crossed anyone from Compton in LA to any of the gang areas of New York, they would be owned. This story is rife with resisting authority. There's knife fights. There's a higher body count than, say, a Sopranos episode. Well, I mean, I'll give you that in West Side Story, there is a higher body count than the first Rambo. But this is not... It's not a gritty male lead that I can sink my teeth into. Okay, Jean Valjean from Les Mis. He's an ex-con, spends time with a prostitute involved in the revolution. In the revolution. He's always singing, yes, but it's with a rifle. And when you get right down to it, come on, Les Mis, it's just a war movie that can carry a tune, all right? So, Jean Valjean, is this Jean the... Valjean. Is this the... <laughs> Jean Valjean. <laughs> And you think he's he a strong... He spends 20 years in prison. He's very rugged and absolutely goes to war and he does some pretty heroic things, but, yeah. Okay, Greece. I'll, no, I'll give you... Hold on. No, for this, uh, I'm jump ahead a little bit here, but I'm going to make this case, okay, because I don't want it to seem like the only, the only strong male leads I need are from this century. This is... Count of Monte Cristo, and this is the scene where he goes to Chateau d'If, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is the first encounter on Chateau d'If. I use this to trump your Jean Mal (laughs) Nancy Pants. God will give me justice. People are always trying to motivate themselves. Or they keep calendars. But soon they lose interest. Die and there's a window. And all I'm left with is a rather unsightly wall, I'm afraid. So I've conceived of another way to help our prisoners keep track of time. Every year on the anniversary of their imprisonment, we hurt them. Usually just a simple beating, really. Although, on their first day here, in your case, today, I like to do something rather special. <laughs> And if you're thinking just now, why me, oh God? The answer is, God has nothing to do with it. In fact, God is never in France this time of year. God has everything to do with it. He's everywhere. He sees it. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a strong male lead character right there. About- Sadistic one no, who that- tortures people. That does not make you strong. Hold on, you got the wrong voice. The last voice is the Count of Monte Cristo. The first voice that you hear in the entire of that scene is the jailer who is about to submit, uh, subject him to beatings for 20 years before he crafts a way out. I see your... Les Miserable's character, and I raise you a Count of Monte Cristo. No singing. It's all action beginning to end. A brilliantly crafted story, and that is a strong male lead that I can connect with. Okay, well, you've got Hamilton. It's about the American Revolution. You've got war, prison, guns, death, sex scenes, everything you would find in a standard action flick. And the singing only helps progress the story and help you understand what the characters are feeling. Does it? Well, okay, here's the thing. In films like that, you've got close-ups. Mm-hmm. You can understand, you know, how the character's tracking emotionally. Yeah. But in a theatre, you're like 30 metres away from the cast. And so they need to use the music to be able to explain and convey how they're going emotionally. Yeah, but can't that be background music? Like in the movies... It's, it serves as a bed for which to convey emotion. Now, I don't need to be sitting close to you to feel that way because obviously I think within a theatrette, you still have the presence of being close to the stage. And certainly within theatre, you get musical interludes, but they're still acting. Background music cannot convey an emotional state like this character, Effie from Dreamgirls. No, no, no. Okay, I mean, listen, it sound, I don't mind myself a bit of gospel, and that certainly sounds nice. But I, it brings me to point number two. There's no... The gritty storylines, I think, are made less gritty by the addition of all music and performance. Like, it, it doesn't feel like Fight Club. Like, I don't think Fincher, David Fincher, who does Fight Club and a number of other movies, Mindhunter, that series on Netflix, I don't think he could craft a musical... Because he's bound by the fact that at some stage the cranky dream girls lady is going to break out into song, gospel everything up, and it just moves it from gritty to clean. The moment I reckon you start singing, it goes gritty clean. I can't believe you think that's clean. Her emotional range in that song and in so many big soliloquies <laughs> like that, yeah, they are just bearing all. And, and gritty, that doesn't just mean, you know, blood and sweat no but i mean it just i feel like there's there's a certain level of dirty grittiness that comes to a monologue versus a i'm not denying that she sounds impassioned yeah. i'm not sound denying that she sounds 
struggling, what I struggle with is it doesn't have the same kind of visceral feel that a monologue delivered well might have. If you saw this, if you see her on screen, and I'm going to make you watch this film, Dream okay. Girls. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. got your Queen Bee, Beyonce features okay. in it too. Yeah. You will see her losing herself. She is so vulnerable in this moment, physically, musically. There is an emotional depth to her character that only really comes out when she goes to tune. He, but here's the thing. Does the singing, because what you laid out for Hamilton was quite a rich and complex storyline. Mm. So the way you said it, I thought to myself, that would be a really great miniseries, okay, set you could do multiple seasons on it and it would be really engaging. But you have to do these giant broad brush strokes through epochs of time that means that the storyline isn't as robust as it could be. And what you can do is cover over a terrible storyline with great singing. So Cats, for me, makes no sense. Absolutely enough of that. <laughs> okay, most people who have seen Cats feel like Andrew Lloyd Webber owes them their money and three hours of their life back. I will give you that. Just because you don't like Cats doesn't mean you can't like some musicals. I don't hate all films just because I saw Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill. Okay? Just, in just about everything. <laughs> I agree. Cats is not Webber's strongest. Okay. But we are going to take a full episode later down the track for you to sit and listen to Hamilton and you will see how the music advances the plot. It doesn't cover over any um, storyline issues. Okay, okay. And, and what I do love, in fact, where some songs are a real turning point in the storyline. So, for example, in uh, Phantom of the Opera, yep. one of my favourites, Think of Me. At the beginning of the song, Christine, she's just a member of the chorus. And then when she begins the song, it's an audition for the role of the prima donna. Mm-hmm. And then as the song transitions, she you see her on stage in a full sellout performance and totally crushing it. It's a real turning point in the story. Andre, this is doing nothing for my nerves. She's very pretty. Think of me. Think of me fondly when we've said goodbye. Remember me once in a while, please promise me you'll try. Then you'll find that once again you long to take your heart back and be free. If you ever find a moment, spare all thought for me. just make you feel like you're on the journey with Christine. It swells. Like, I mean, but you throw in strings in a full symphony orchestra and you can swell to anything. Do you know? I mean, they've got a, they've got a symphony performing 
computer game songs that if you ever go along and see it, it's engaging and powerful. So there's there's no doubt that singing elicits emotional responses that are really good. I, I think they also have this incredible ability to express the will of a community. Mm-hmm. Unlike really any other art form, you can get a real sense of what a group of people think in a chorus. Right there, you understand how passionate people are that they're ready for this revolution. I'm I'm not going to listen. This is one of my favorite. If I was to classify any musical song as a favorite, Mm, that's progress already. (laughs) This would be one of my favorites, and I know the intro word to it. I think I think it's really great. I think it's the closest thing to a powerful scene in a movie, and it's the closest. Uh, musical that I could think of that goes there are strong-ish characters to engage with but I, I still don't think Les Miserables in all its fine splendid glory comes even close to the Count of Monte Cristo I, I just don't think they're in the same league and I'm trying to what I'm trying to do is compare like with like, do you know, like an older style story with an older style story with a similar kind of plot line in a similar kind of era, I would take Count of Monte Cristo over Les Mis any day of the week. Thing is, it's not like with like, it's not apples and apples. Musicals, they represent this heightened, magical reality. It's a world unlike ours. And that's the beauty. That's the thing that I love about it. It's escapism to this different, more interesting and usually more positive world. But here's the thing. Isn't this the weakness of a musical? It's attempting to be a jack of all tri- trades and a master of none. Okay. So so we, we can dance a bit, but we're not great dancers because that's, that's another genre. We can sing a bit, but we're not great singers because it's not a opera or a concert. We can act a bit, but we're not the best actors because that would be theatre or a, a movie. And so as a result, what you get is if you broke them up into the sum of their parts, they're not great at everything. They're very good at it, but they're not brilliant at one thing. And so it becomes this conglomeration of good rather than like just excellence in one area. I think that musical theatre is the richest form of storytelling. The richest? Yeah, because... It collaborates all those art forms of expression, of singing, of dancing, of acting. They're all combined. And this language, this combination of abstract, say, with the music and the dance, and then real emotion, real dialogue, Mm. comes together. And I can't believe that you think that they're a master of none because to be able to do all three of those art forms, to be doing them live, not like in TV or film where it's pre-recorded, but to do it all live, night after night, and still be so authentic, mm-hmm. oh, they're masters. And I'm going to prove that because I'm going to make you see a musical and you're going to experience it as it should be, not just listening to the CD or seeing a film, but actually in 
the theatre and having that experience itself. Okay, I'm just going to recap uh, just for the purpose of all my complaints so far. Is one, I don't think that we're going to see strong male characters in musicals. Two, I don't think that there's very good, tough, gritty storylines. Three, I think that music typically hides terrible stories and plots. And I use Cats as a case in point. And as because you said Cats was terrible, yeah. most people seem to suggest mm-hmm. that. I would suggest just Lay Mears as a strong contender for one where the plot lines have to you have to jump between large epochs of time um, with song, which means that you've got a weaker story. Um, for the Broadway singing style is just bad music in general. Can I just say on that? This is this is my point four. I would take a Pink concert. I would take a Incubus or Pearl Jam. I would take any professional music concert over B-grade musical singing. I just think that you're thinking only classical musicals. And contemporary musicals today, they don't sound like show tunes that you're probably used to. Have a listen to... No, you listen to this, Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, All day long, If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. Yeah, dibby, 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 enough. Really? It's actually quite emotive. You've got this father who's wrestling with losing control and authority over his family. He's also angry at God, very frustrated with him. And yet he's, you know, a stickler for tradition. And yet everyone around him is starting to progress. Okay, that's not a brilliant song in the scheme of all musical theatre songs. But that's the best you can... I could go to almost an entire, like, decade of alt-rock to communicate frustration, anger and emotion. I could go to the genre of blues to... My problem is, is you go, Fiddler on the Roof is meant to be amazing. Everyone see Fiddler on the Roof. And then you go and you get this scene where he's hauling pig swill and he's lamenting about his place in life and being flat broke. And he opens with No one who is in that situation ever leads with that. Have you seen it? I've, I've seen parts of it. You've watched some YouTube clips out of context. I was in tears at the end of it. As <sighs> descendant as you know, from a Jewish family, imagining what this family would have felt like on the brink of war. And this new modern way of life that this father is trying to wrestle with. It was very emotive. You see, when you explain it like that, that storyline sounds good and it sounds engaging. But now I have to navigate, which this is what happens in Sweeney Todd, all right? When I, when I read the premise for Sweeney Todd, I was like, oh, this sounds good, <laughs> right? And the way you said that for, for Fiddler on the Roof, that sounds engaging, but I want to see a mini-series on it, right? Instead, I've got to jump through ya dibby dibby dums. <laughs> okay, but not all songs in musicals sound like that, okay? You've got your modern ones like Rent or Dream Girls that sound like normal songs. 525,600 
That's beautiful. Seasons of life. <laughs> love. Seasons of love. Come on, it was like one word oh, in that 20 God. seconds and you missed it. <laughs> or, and we're going to get to this later because I'm going to make you watch Dreamgirls. But listen. Like, what am I listening to? It's called Listen. If you You can maybe get my heart with some gospel. <laughs> like, cause, but I like that musical genre, right? Which I feel like this is like, like a poor man's imitation of because I would take Aretha, I would take Nina Simone over... Beyonce? That was Beyonce singing. Come on. Queen, Queen Bee herself. She's good. She's phenomenal. So here's the thing is that I think we're all agreeing that there's a genre, right? The, 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 sorry, there's a spectrum of musicals and like you said there's some that you don't like and obviously cats seems to fall into that camp for a lot of people and then there's musicals that you like but you're talking to a guy who's like a 90s alt rock generation guy who likes gritty movies like there's no sci-fi movies well sci-fi musicals why like i would i would be interested in seeing a sci-fi musical but i am willing to learn so, over the course of the next six podcasts or whatever we end up doing, I'm willing to get to a place where I start to love musicals. Where's step one? Because okay. I'm willing to start, but you got you can't just dive me in. I'm not going to go and see Rent. That's not where I'm going to start. No. So, what am I going to do? We're going to start with a classical because this is probably what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And I think that you've made judgments. And if you sit down now in your old age of, what, 37? 37. I think... If you sit down properly with an open mind, I think you'll find Singing in the Rain oh my is a classic for a reason. So that's, you want, I, I'm going to go and watch Singing in the Rain. And you think that this is, this is going to, I feel like this is going to be one that pushes me, pushes me over the edge of hating music, but you feel like this is redeemable. I want to start there. We'll track to more contemporary ones. We'll have the experience of just listening to the album recording and then seeing it a live show, but let's start with the classics. Okay, podcast two. We'll debrief on Singing in the Rain. I will share some thoughts. Yep. Uh, hopefully over the next few podcasts, we'll have some feature musical artists. Gemma Ricks, I know, will be in for a bit. Hopefully we can get a hold of Penny McNamee and Lucy Durack as well. Yeah, we're going to gang up on you. That's I fine. really think that we can get you, if you have an open mind, if you're committed to this process, to like at least one musical. Okay. I will go and watch Singing in the Rain podcast two. We will debrief.